You're listening to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. The podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech contract services space. Hey there, and welcome back to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. As always, I'm your host, Roman Segal, and here we are at the end of 2022. Wow. How quickly has that gone? Absolutely insane. I hope whatever you're doing at this time of year involves friends, family, togetherness, and just lots of love and laughter with those closest to you. It's been a fantastic year uh, for for me personally and my family and in our teams at uh, at Molecule to Market, at Remarketing, at Lead Candidate, uh, and all the businesses that I am involved in. Nevertheless, Molecule to Market has naturally been a big focus for my 2022. So what we thought might be a fun idea was just to reflect back on some of the the themes and trends that we saw more and more in 2022. So the way that we did this is we actually went back and looked at all the episodes and tried to get a feel for which themes and threads kind of kept coming to the fore or started or started to kind of increase velocity as the year went on. So what I'm going to what I'm going to do right now is have a kind of take through kind of five key topics that seem to come up more and more again uh, as 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 the year has gone by but also three areas that i suspect will become more uh, of conversational value in the next year or two so kind of sticking my uh, post in the ground so to speak to say right i think these are going to be topics that are going to become even more uh, heavily discussed and and covered in the media over the next kind of 12 months or so. So let's kick off. In fact, before we do things, one thing I wanted to say um, is just a huge thanks to all the guests that have come on the show this year. We've had a real eclectic mix of leaders from across the life science supply chain, uh, both from the vendor side to the biotech side, to the big pharma side, to everything in between from from discovery all the way to commercialization and that's ultimately what molecule to market is about it's about bringing the stories personalities conversations to your ears from you know leaders from across the entire uh, drug development kind of cycle so one thing i'd ask you uh, is to have a have a think about any guests that you'd like to hear interviewed on Molecule to Market and feel free to nominate guests through the website or if there's anyone in your organization indeed that you think would make a great guest then please let me know. One thing that's close to my heart is diversity and having a real mix of people on the podcast so think about that as well so if there's any female leaders or people of color that are exceptional in an organization that have overcome challenges whatever it is that uh, brings slight variety to the industry is something that I'm very keen on championing championing uh, going forward. So let's get to it. So I'm going to start with uh, five key topics that have come up uh, kind of increasingly over the last 12 months. First and foremost, number one is just the biotech capital market slowdown. 
What's interesting about this one is if I reflect back to the start of 2022, it wasn't really a thing or because 2021 was such an epic year for fundraising in the biotech space. So as the year has progressed and this has become a bit more visible and brutal, it's become a more typical conversation point with my guests. And I think what's interesting for us is whether or not it is going to recover and start going back up in 2023. I wish I could tell you that, but I genuinely don't know. The bar was set extremely high in 2021 and 2022, just hasn't managed to keep pace. Nevertheless, it's not that funding has completely disappeared, far from it. It's just not at the same height. And one of the things that I'll certainly be looking out for, and I started to ask my guests more and more, is just how it's going to impact the outsourcing space. And there's a real mix of answers that we get from guests. You know, some believe that actually, um, you know, biotech will outsource more because they'll just not want the assets internally. They'll not want the staff. They'll not want the kind of fixed overhead, which inevitably leads them to look externally for skills and expertise and capabilities, et cetera. Or actually they're going to, you know, like anything in life, if you don't have enough money, you cut your cloth accordingly. And that could mean less money into the outsourcing space. Who knows? But nevertheless, that has been a key topic that has come up again and again. The second one is sustainability. And it, I I did a, a podcast episode, I think in the summertime around supply chain trends. And this is the one that I predicted would become a really bigger, bigger part of the conversation. So what was fascinating at CPHI worldwide in Frankfurt earlier this year was the amount of companies that had messaging or design work or some kind of quirk that linked to, hey, we are thinking about um, ESG and sustainability, about climate change, and actually that being a very overt message. Now, I think what's more challenging in this area is whether the talking the talk actually reflects the walking the walk. And I think it will become a bigger issue for all of us in our lives in the next few years. And I think the sector has to be part of that. So again, I think one of the things I'm going to try and unlock next year is just getting under the skin of what companies are actually doing. I think it's a it's a great area to talk about from a, a messaging perspective and an external um, positioning perspective, but I think what might be more helpful for companies is to just understand what others are doing in the space to help and actually make a real difference. The third one is, this is a tricky one because it's less a topic I have heard and more an observation from the nature of the guests that we get pitched to us. One of the things that I think I've talked about in the last couple of years, whenever I've done trend pieces is just a need to do things in a more digitized way. You know, I remember working in a CDMO many years ago and just being astounded by the amount of paperwork and having QP sign things off on paper and me sitting there thinking, what happens if that piece of paper gets lost? The sector has definitely moved on and we've we've obviously had some tech companies as guests on the show who've actually talked about, you know, a, a more sophisticated, streamlined and modern way of getting work done, especially in the manufacturing side of things, which is traditionally very paper-based. So one thing I've also observed in, with this particular trend in mind is just, it's been a real influx of 
tech type companies getting funding to basically bring solutions into the space. We've actually got a couple of episodes due uh, early in 23, which cover these specific topics. So it is, it's almost like a shift I am seeing just in the in the entrance to the market and the funding, which is, hey, here is a really big high value market in the outsourcing space that is uh, ripe for digitization and disruption. Here's some cash, go do it. Obviously, I'm over <laughs> exaggerating that point. But again, I suspect that's going to become a, a bigger factor in the year ahead. Okay, up at number four is, I suppose, just a general cooling of M&A this year. Um, one of my most recent guests, Jim Miller, talked about this uh, on, on, his, on his podcast interview. And certainly my observations, if I just look at the deals that have been done in the CRO and CDMO space this year, they've been, I'd say, less frequent and less of less value in monetary terms. And although I'm not, you know, I don't have the numbers next to me, that is just my gut feel based on if you look at the size of the deals that were happening in, in 2020 and 2021, there were deals happening on a weekly, monthly basis, and some of these were mega multi-billion dollar deals. We haven't seen anything like that uh, in, in 2022. Um, there has been what I I feel uh, has been more prevalent has been investment in kind of technology and facilities and capabilities. So people opting, sorry, organizations opting to invest in themselves as opposed to going to buy a, another company to, to bolt on to their existing core competence. And so that might be just a year of, you know, cash rich companies deciding to invest in their businesses as opposed to going out into the market. Who knows? I suppose the only caveat to that is, you know, I have a lot of friends and contact in the private equity and investment bank sector. There are huge contacts of mine who I speak to very regularly and they're they are not seeing a slowdown from a deal perspective. You know, the the market still seems pretty buoyant and upbeat. Um, but certainly my observation, both in terms of just what I'm seeing out there, but also just the the less less amount of conversation I've had around m a where it was a lot more uh, kind of prevalent in previous years. And that's a nice segue to number five. For fans of the show, you will know that a lot of the conversations I've had with guests are probably in the first 60, 70 episodes had a huge COVID slant to them. And that's because our podcast was born right at the start of the pandemic. I think April the 20th, 2020 was the first podcast that ever went out. So we have uh, evolved and grown up as, as a podcast platform during the pandemic. As such, it's been a huge focus. And I definitely think if I look back at some of the earlier episodes for this year, there was still a, a, a strong kind of COVID conversation, which was, was always uh, present in any interviews that I did. But as time has passed on and life has resumed back to normal, the vaccines have done their work. You know, we're seeing e lockdown easings all over the world, even in, in China now as well. It's um, it's becoming 
lesser part of our daily life. I mean, when was the last time you did a COVID test? You don't have to do test the fly anymore. You know, it's just not dominating the media. It's not dominating our lives anymore. And as such, as such, I think the COVID conversation, COVID chat on the podcast has kind of disappeared or started to disappear. I suppose a slight link to that is there's definitely been a, 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 COVID boost to the sector, both on the CRO and the CDMO and across pharma services, I would say. Um, the industry has no doubt benefited from the pandemic. And I don't mean that in a insensitive way. I mean that in a, you know, look at the amount of funding and the, the acceleration of, of vaccines. I mean, the just sheer amount of effort, eyeballs and resource and money into the sector has helped the sector grow uh, tremendously during that period. Now, th- as say the emphasis on COVID vaccines and COVID treatments and preventative stuff ha- is starting to disappear, I think there is an impact on the sector where it will have to level out. And you know, particularly for those uh, suppliers that have relied on the revenue from that particular source, I think are going to have to find ways of replacing that. So there's the five key topics that that I believe have, have come up uh, both, you know, so I'll just quickly go through them again. So the biotech slowdown, the increasing prevalence of sustainability conversation, uh, more tech companies and digitization. Number four is the cooling of M&A and number five is just less focus on COVID. Okay, that brings us nicely on to the year ahead and perfect time for me to say uh, I obviously wish you, our listener and your families, your colleagues, all the very best for 2023. I hope it's a a healthy, happy and prosperous year uh, for you in in whatever you're doing and a good opportunity for me to just say thank you as always uh, for listening. Um, I would not do this unless I had people like you who sent us lovely comments and find it useful. So what's going to happen in the air ahead? Well, I don't have a crystal ball and God knows what's going to happen in the air ahead, especially given the last few years and the unpredictably unpredictability of life has been there for everyone to see. So the first area I think I have observed and that I'm mindful of is all of this huge excitement and rightly so over the new newer kind of forms of advanced therapy. So, you know, selling gene therapy type medicines that have been getting approval and coming to market and saving patients, which genuinely is a fantastic achievement for the industry. It's taken many years to develop these products and actually get them to market and hats off to everyone that has been involved in bringing these treatments to market. And as, uh, you know, as someone that's had, uh, you know, leukemia in my very close family, I've seen the benefit of these products firsthand, um, in, in the hospital that a treated family member of mine, which is genuinely a beautiful thing. However, one thing we have to resolve in the next few years will be creating such medicines at a more cost effective way. I completely understand the R&D investment that goes in into these types of medicines and indeed the long-term benefit of say paying half a million dollars for a treatment versus a lifetime of treatment that might end up costing more. But 
where I think the argument falls down is governments aren't always that cash rich. And so, you know, as many of the governments are dealing with, um, you know, political situations, rising costs, inflations, you know, the, the, the COVID debts, there's so much that needs to be uh, considered. And my worry is I just don't know how sustainable it is. So the, the, the kind of prediction, if you like, is there's going to have to be solutions for creating these advanced therapies in a more cost-effective way or just getting them to patients in a more cost-effective way. Um, and that might fall on the supply chain. It might fall on the manufacturers. It might fall on governments to reform pricing. There are many ways of addressing that. But nevertheless, I think if we want to benefit, truly benefit from the value of these incredible medicines and therapies, we need to find a way of bringing them and making them much more accessible to those that just simply can't afford them. Okay. The second one is something that you will probably be feeling in your own home right now. I'm standing next to a radiator, which is not on because we don't heat our house during the day generally because it's expensive to do so. That's because everything is so expensive <laughs> at the minute. And I think dealing with cost pressures is going to become a massive challenge, particularly in the first six months of the year in 2023. Inflation is high, interest rates are going up. You've still got the war in Europe and that's causing all kinds of problems. And you know, from an individual personal perspective to a small business perspective to, you know, a multinational perspective, everyone is feeling it from a cost perspective. Salaries are going up, try, people are trying to raise prices up and there's something we'll have to give during that, that whole process. And linking back to something I said before, I think if you then throw in the mix, if say the biotech slowdown has an impact on the outsourcing space where less money is coming into the sector. So you've got this situation, say, for most services and contract services space where they'll have less revenue in, in its to totality coming into the sector and increasing costs. So we're going to have to find ways of doing things in a smarter way. Again, linked into a form of, I think, digitization and how we do things cheaper will become a much more prevalent focus. I link closely to that, you know, nearly every customer or contact I have spoken to or guest on the podcast I have spoken to this year has had challenges with recruitment. It's one of the reasons that I founded lead candidate a talent uh, business a couple of years ago for that specific reason which is i could see talent becoming a massive issue and not just talent is out there it's just hard to attract and it's hard to retain but one of the problems the the the, the entire industry is going to face is is with this cost pressure we can't continue just to recruit people for the sake of recruiting people it's just not going to be realistic. So I do think that companies are going to have to really think about dealing with the cost pressures or just take the hit on the margin, which for publicly listed companies, for private equity backed companies, which is most of the sector is not something they're willing to do. So they're going to have to work out ways of doing things in a smarter way to retain those margins. And the third thing is almost I suppose a consequence of everything that's happened in the last couple of years. I think there'll be a huge continued focus on uh, risk mitigation and supply chain security. 
I think generally people have quite short memories and, you know, the pandemic has come and gone and we've gone back to normal. But I do feel like this sector was hit quite hard in different regards when it came to raw materials supply, um, you know, getting getting products from A to B and dealing with challenges in terms of, you know, boats being stuck elsewhere in the world and goods being being stuck. So I think the focus on how we mitigate risk in the supply chain, how we make it more secure. And you know, back to what I said before, how we do that while thinking about sustainability and climate will continue to dominate in the year ahead. So those three areas I expect to be conversation points over the next year or so. It's not necessarily me saying they are going to dominate. I just can see them being areas that we will no doubt discuss. Okay, we are at uh, 20 minutes or so, which is my cutoff time. I did it. I did it on time. I'm so proud of myself. Listen, I feel very honored to bring Molecule to market to your ears. I, I absolutely adore interviewing every single guest I have on here. I even quite enjoy doing these little monologues where I get to share my thoughts with you. And if you find them useful, let me know. If you disagree, let me know. Um, we've got lots of exciting stuff on the horizon for Molecule to Market in 2023. Uh, we may even do an in-person event. Who knows? And you know, for us, we are very proud that we've been able to do this and, and do it kind of funded uh, or, ourselves, if you like, and uh, remarketing, which is the business I founded 13 years ago, has kindly continued to support and fund Molecule to Market, which I am very, very grateful for. But the only other thing I'm very grateful for is you. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for making this a worthwhile project that has really continued to build momentum. As I mentioned before, I wish you nothing but health and happiness for the air ahead. And thank you as always for listening. Hi again. Thanks so much for tuning in to Molecule to Market. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find more shows on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you'd like to listen. Get in touch with us on our website, moleculetomarketpod.com and follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter and we will see you again next week. You're listening to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. The podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech contract services space. Molecule to Market is sponsored and funded by Remarketing an international content, digital, and design agency that helps companies get noticed, raise profile, and generate leads in life sciences.